0: Welcome to this week's episode of Paranormal United States. This is episode 44, Utah. Yes, and I know we do stuff where people probably haven't heard of things, Um, but this one, I think, because it's Utah, I think we can't do Utah without mentioning this particular place. So there are a few... Do you want to have a (laughs) guess? I'm going to have a guess. I'm going to have to say Skinwalker. Yes. The reason why I've chosen Skinwalker, because I think if you think Utah, I think Skinwalker Ranch is probably the place that you think of. There are some other um, ranches. There's one called Blind Frog Ranch that i started looking into, and that's heading more towards Aztec gold searching and such like. Mm. Um, But this one, I think because a lot of people know Skinwalker Ranch from the, the series that's currently on yeah, um, and what they're doing to try and find and pursue the paranormal. Um, nice little... Uh, I like what there. you did there. <laughs> that some people don't really know. I would say a lot of people, if they've not read Humphrey Skinwalker, um, not seen the, the Jeremy Corbell um, documentary, they might not know about some of the the history and some of the early stuff before Brendan Fugle um, took over the ranch um, a few years ago. So what I thought I'd do is just talk a a brief timeline of, of what happened and some of the events that sort of led up to where we are with the TV series. And I think it's a good opportunity for me to share some photos that people may not be aware of. Or have seen because they only know the stuff that's currently going on. Yeah. And I've got one picture at the end, Ash, that I think you'll like purely for the fact is you'll say, I've seen a picture like that before. Uh, Oh so yeah, yeah. So here we go. So let's take a little trip to Skinwalker Ranch. So there's lots of things that have happened at Skimwalker Ranch over the years. Um, it's a large property, for those that don't know, near a small town of Ballard in Utah that's almost 500 acres in size, and it borders the Ute Indian Reservation. And in the Unitar Basin, where Skimwalker Ranch li- lives, lies, there's a lot of um, res- Indian reservations and Native Americans' um, ground. And it's said that one of the, the hills on the, the ranch itself is in the path of the Skinwalker. Um, Skinwalker is like a powerful spirit. And they're there because of a curse put on them generations ago by the Navajo Indians, which aren't necessarily where the Ute Indian Reservation is in Unitar Basin. They're just away from, from it. But there's always been a bit of a clash between the Utes and the navajos and the navajos actually had Ute indians um, and native americans as slaves so right. there's, there is quite a, a dark history between the two um and the youth say that the ranch is like i just mentioned in the path of the skinwalker and tribe members are strictly forbidden from setting foot on the property it's been that way for a long time they don't even suggest that you visit the ground, they don't suggest that you even say the word Skinwalker because of the negative connotations that it has. Um, Beginning back in the 1950s, the area around Skinwalker Ranch has been a hotbed for UFO activities, according to locals. And if you go back to 17, it's around 1790 that some of the early known stories of strange things and strange phenomena happening that actually took place in the area which is obviously before the ranch was was born. In 1994, Skinwalker Ranch became well-known when Terry and Gwen Sherman, that wasn't their names, but those are the names they were given in the books and subsequently to protect their identity. They were the Gormans, was their actual surname. Um, And their children purchased a property. They only managed to stay in there less than two years because of all the paranormal events that were taking place. When they first moved in, they found deadbolts on the doors and the windows that puzzled them and not the fact that there was locks on the doors and windows but some of the doors and windows actually had locks on the inside and the outside either to stop things coming in or stop things getting out wow which, that'd be creepy to yeah, to find. yeah. <laughs> um they also found large chains outside that looked like they may be for the purpose of restraining heavy animals Obviously, if you believe all the stories that have taken place, then you'll probably know that during their first sort of weeks and months in the, the property that the, a wolf came along, or what appeared to be a wolf, came along and attacked their cattle. So they, being the, like the, the farm hands and the, the ranch owners that they were, they had shotguns, and they went out to, to tackle this wolf. Um, they shot the wolf multiple times with a handgun, the wolf didn't even react um, to the gunshots at all and appeared to be unharmed. Then they eventually shot it six times. The wolf turned and walked off. Um, they couldn't find any physical evidence of blood being had been affected by the gunshots. And the, the gun they used was quite a high caliber gun. So it would have taken down most things that you would normally take down with a gun. Um, Another instance, the family saw their field lit up as if by a football stadium worth of lights. Um, They saw a UFO larger than two football fields and apparently alien figures over seven feet tall around it. And in the two years that the family were in the property, they actually lost 20% of their herd of cattle due to mutilations. Uh And it was less than two years after that, the story became a bit popular in the local news and a gentleman by the name of Robert Bigelow, who owned um, some budget suites, like property called budget suites, he was a billionaire and he made an offer to them of $200,000 so he could buy it for paranormal research based on what he'd heard and seen on the property. And that's, at that point he had and created the National Institute of Discovery Science, which operated from 96 to 2004 in the current form. And then the organization was later replaced by the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, or BAS, which a lot of people may or may not know from the history of the the premises. And in 2007, a secret and classified government program, and you'll know this one, Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, ATIP, Uh, began investigating UFOs and the program had a $22 million budget and Robert Bigelow received much of that money. He was in fact the only person to tender for that budget. Mm. Um, And his findings were that the UFOs seen in the area were not consistent with current military aircraft. Whatever that means. Um, And if you believe all the stuff that's going on now, that all the stuff that Bigelow found with the National Institute of Discovery Science, or NIDS, led to the fact that they didn't publicize any of the findings. So there's loads mm-hmm. of photos, video, um, which they said that it's all sort of class- not classified because it wasn't government run at that point, but Bigelow is not releasing that information. And I think Brendan Fugel, the current owner, struggled with getting information out uh, hence why he's trying to find out what's going on, on their property so i've got a few photos here that i want to cycle through um so that's a quick trip through the history just a very very um brief trip this is something that we could talk about for hours this yeah definitely round. um but i didn't think i'd do justice to utah if i didn't mention skinwalker ranch um so we've got sure. yeah definitely so there's Other anomalies that appear on cameras. Um, Objects in the sky, again, quite difficult to sort of pinpoint what this object is or really where it is in the sky. Could be close, could be far away, Um, difficult to tell. Uh, I've got other lights here in the middle that are frequently seen on the property. Um, Again, another like one of the first people to experience and document some of the information was a guy called Colin Kelleher. Um, And he actually wrote the book Humphrey Skinwalker with George Knapp. And George Knapp is also the guy that um, introduced the world to Bob Lazar and Area 51 back in the day. So he has been quite instrumental in the, the paranormal and UFO field right from time ago. Um, and the Hunt for the Skinwalker book is, is a fabulous read um, of uh, anomalies in the sky. This one could be a reflection of something. There, there appears to be like a reflection in the to the side or to the back of it. Oh, it could be a portal. It could be a portal. And it is also something that was mentioned in the book, um, that they witnessed this portal open up, and they could see like a Native American Indian or Native American man um, standing the other side of the portal, just sort of slowly waving, but they couldn't establish where he was, except he was in the portal, which is mind-blowing, In to say the, to say the least. Yeah. Then, <laughs> on the property they found, in the ice, circles, perfect circles, and when they looked closer at it, there was bits of frosting all the way around, on the inside and the outside of the circle, as though it had been carved into the ice. And NIDS actually took um, some data and, and took some of the shavings away to study it. I don't know what they found. but Interesting, just on that photo, is we just published an article on the Lake Balkhi aliens in Siberia. Yeah. And there's a couple of images from, the, from the, when the lake's like frozen over yeah. of very similar circles to... Wow. Most of the images, that I thought he was. That was like, that's like, yeah, like there's a lot of balkai, just very similar. I think a lot bigger on, on the lake, but yeah, very these, very are quite, these are quite small. They're only like, like two, three meters across, but yeah, how strange. Weird though, perfect circle of ice. Uh, mm. It's got a carving, as it were. And then we've got a cattle mutilation, oh. which is, yeah, sad to see. And it happens quite a lot. Um, as I say, the Shermans or the Gormans, as they actually were, they lost quite a lot of cattle to, to mutilations. and yeah. they used to find um, mut- mutilated cattle quite frequently um, during their time. And considering they're only there for 18 months is quite a quite a shocking thing to discover, yeah. I suppose. And then this is the last photo I want to show you. Um, let see if you... I've seen something like this before, Ash. Okay. Ah, yeah, that looks like from the Redgate one. Yes, that's how I figured the name. Yeah, we yeah. had them on the, as guests. Yeah, we did, and it's very strikingly similar to yeah. the one in Redgate. And it's just caught on one of the the night vision cameras on site. That's creepy. Yeah, and as it's said, very very it's... humanoid. Yes. Very much like the Redgate one as well. It's almost a carbon copy of the Redgate one. Which makes me think about the Redgate one even more. It's like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Wow. So that's a little rundown of of Skimwalker Ranch. Hopefully some photos and a bit of history that some people didn't know about. It is a topic that I've been fascinated in for about fifteen years since the first book came out. There's TV programs, there's YouTube channels, there's documentaries all about Skinwalker so you can delve straight into it. But like I mentioned, I don't think Utah would be Utah without Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. All the more, fair point, one, obviously. But but yeah, so that's episode forty-four. And that was Utah.